See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Hello, hello, all you out there in podcast listener land. This is Mal, coming to you from the land of K-pop, and me remembering why I left Pennsylvania. That's right. Winter is upon us here in K-pop land. And although it's not freezing and snowing yet... My little pea brain is huddling close to whatever heat source I can find, and I'm remembering why I escaped to Florida. Thank you for listening. This is Slow Robot A Go Go, show number 18. And, yeah, it's it's been about a month since I uh, did my last show, and I was clipping along at a pretty good, a pretty brisk rate, and, um, it's not that I haven't been trying. I did have, I did take two, I, not take two weeks off, I did get away from it for two weeks, and then for the past two weeks, I've been working on this week's um, movie. That should give you a little hint about this week's movie. Um, I chose to do the 1953 classic, The Neanderthal Man. I'm going to say Neanderthal Man. I say Neanderthal, I've heard Neanderthal, blutter, I don't care. I say Neanderthal. So, the 1953 classic, The Neanderthal Man. So, this movie is kind of painful. Uh, It's not, like, hilarious painful. Like, you know, like Plan 9 from Outer Space where you watch it and you're just like, oh my god, this is so bad, I love it. No, this is like where you watch it and you go, do I like this? Do I not? I don't know. I can't tell. And then you nod off to sleep, and then you wake up and you watch it the next day, and then you fall asleep, and then you're like, why, what, this contains some kind of a sleeping pill, or or sleeping, it sends out waves that connect your brain and make you go to sleep. So yeah, it is an interesting look at, um, a different look at the 50s, um, you know, usually I'm I'm talking about the 50s from my all-time favorite genre of sci-fi. This one is more along the lines of, um, like, it's set in, in, in the California High Sierras, and it's all kind of about, like, not like about hunting, but it, it's all like the hunter's culture and nature and stuff like that. So I'm going to start us off with the intro this isn't where the movie picks up, but this is where the pithy one-liners pick up. And uh, I'll drop this in. This is a scene from the bar where um, a local hunter sees a saber-toothed tiger. And then he goes to what is obviously a sh- uh, Schlitz-sponsored scene. Uh, he's sitting in a bar, and there's at least, I think there's at least um, three big Schlitz signs as the regalia around and um and he's telling this fantastical story and getting laughed at by the local yokels so here please enjoy um this will be the the intro to our wonderful movie I'll be right back well, what an imagination you've got not only two bottles 
a beer. I tell you, I saw it. Don't sound right no how to me. There ain't no critters that big in this country. Oh, he's kidding. Three times the size of a mountain lion got the tusks of an elephant. Ain't natural. You guys give me a pee in my eardrum. Why in places would I think of a cockeyed yarn like this? And I used to live in Texas. I've heard some mighty tall stories down that way. Folks take pride in outlying the other fella. Well, dang, if I don't think you Californians... I'm a liar, am I? Oh, no offense, Mr. Wheeler. Texas lion, I mean. Texas lion's is friendly lion. That's all I was aiming to say. I was just going to have some coffee. About 7 o'clock this morning when I heard it. The darnest... Evening, boys. Hog rolling down from the peak. George, you know Mr. Wheeler? George Oak, the game warden hereabouts. Yeah, sure, we've met before. Good hunting, Mr. Wheeler? All the kinds you ever heard tell of. Yeah? Go ahead and tell George, Mr. Wheeler. He's the man knows all about this country and what's in it. Been hurting hunters and game around here for now under 30 years. If you think I'm going to be laughed at by you first, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Wheeler. We won't laugh no more. Good joke. That's what these fellas think. Well, this morning, having coffee, heard the darndest roar off the way. Some animal took up the trail about a quarter of a mile. I was using my binoculars. I saw. That's right, Texas lies. Big and bold, spicy and brassy. Yeah. So let's get into this. Uh, the movie stars Robert Shane um, as Professor Clifford Groves. Um, Robert Shane was the detective in what was it? The uh, the the Adventures of Superman, one of the first. Uh, you know, I think that was from the early 50s as well. So he was uh he was in that um did a lot of TV stuff a couple Waltons the Walt Disney World of Color blah 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 that kind of stuff. So he 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 was prevalent but nothing, you know, super huge. So that's Robert Shane and then um uh Richard Crane is Dr. Ross Harkin. And Richard Crane also starred in one of my favorite serials uh Rocky Jones Space Ranger. That's right. Yay for that. And the other starlet of note is Beverly Garland, who plays Nora Mas- Mason, the waitress, and she is just doing what Beverly Garland does best. Stand around and look luscious. So yay for that. The the story in a nutshell is um, there's a Dr. Harkin, um, no, 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 I'm sorry, not Dr. Harkin. Dr. Harkin is the guy who comes in when, when, when there's, oof, I better, let me rewind this a second. I, I'm going to tell the story instead of starting to try to, like, name names and all this crap. 
Okay, so we hear that we that at the bar the guy that saw the the um, saber tooth tiger. And they laugh. Everyone laughs. Then uh, the game warden, you know, finishes his schlitz and drives home, and he sees that this this tiger, the saber tooth tiger, jumps on his car. So now he's like, oh my god, you know, there is a saber tooth tiger. Well, he doesn't know it's a saber tooth tiger. He just says, oh, there's this giant tiger roaming around and has big tusks like elephants. So he he uh, it jumps in the car. He blares the horn, and apparently uh, horns repel saber tooth tigers. So he convinces his friend to go with him, and they, he takes a, a, a mold of the of this gigantic uh, paw print, you know, from this from this tiger that he sees. And he goes to Dr. Harton, who, you know, who is the science man, the scientific, uh, whatever the hell, the zoological, zoologist, whatever. So he goes, and, and, and at first, you know, Dr. Harkins is like, well, that's just crazy, you know, you're talking about something that's been extinct for a million years, and you're you're playing a joke on me. This thing was written really strangely, like, the the script was like odd i don't know like everyone was very belligerent usually you know and they were like always like oh i don't have time for this nonsense and everyone was in a rush to do stuff um i don't know what they were doing but you know so whatever he he finally convinces him he says i'm a game warden i'm a i'm a i'm an officer of the state that's what he says so you should take me seriously and then he says okay well if you're talking about something that's been extinct for you know millions of years, you know, so I'll at least come down and check it out. So he comes down and he runs into um, he he's at this he's at Webb's bar, which is I guess the the hangout where everyone goes, you know, and he meets Ruth, who is the fiance of uh, Professor Groves. So basically, Professor Groves, um, so he. The doctor and, you know, the professor and Ruth go to uh, D- Dr. Grove's house. And um, because the, the the warden is out being a game warden, I don't know, you know, fishing or hunting or whatever the hell they do. So he goes, um, those two go, and they they stay at this house. So when they wake up, um, oh, and they go, oh, where's, where's you know, where's uh, Professor Grove's? Um, and, and, and the daughter, the daughter says, oh, you know, he's, he's in the city, he's in LA trying to convince the nationalists, naturalist society about his, um, his, the, the truth of his theory of the sky, the size of the skull and brain equate to the intelligence. So, okay, now all the key players are introduced except for, uh, Professor Groves, who, who is, um, who is in this next scene that I'm going to drop in because he's basically in this. They cut to this scene where he's talking to these naturalists about his theory with size of brain, and he just goes like, he goes off so like off script. He's really going like crazy on these guys. So I'm gonna drop that in, and then I'll come back. So, so we got the principles, right? So we have the uh, the game warden. We have uh, Ruth, who's the who's the uh, fiance of Professor Groves, and we have Doctor Hart. Hark- Harkness. I keep saying Harkins. Harkness. So there's the doctor, you know, um, who's the zoologist. There's the game warden. Then there's the the Ruth and Jan. Jan is Professor Grove's daughter. And then Professor Groves, who is the guy who is running these experiments. 
So I'm going to drop in this scene, and then we'll come right back, and you can, after the wackiness, uh, I'll expound more on the plot of this movie. He's speaking there at the Naturalist Society. I hope one point has been impressed upon you following this demonstration. The prehistoric man was not the ape creature so extravagantly sensationalized by Sunday newspaper supplement portion. In this skull of a chimpanzee, notice the piece of black paper I place here over the type of the brain. Observe its size. From it has developed the largest brain known to apes. Compare it with the Java ape man. So basically, um, at this point, of course, um, Professor Groves comes back and he 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 starts get being really mean and belligerent, like all the time. He's so angry at you know at how that went, how the Natural Society thing went, and how dare they laugh at him, blah blah blah. So we're the first time they're all together. Um, Doctor Harkness 
is sitting at a table with um, Jan and Ruth. So Professor Grove's um, daughter Jan and Professor Grove's um, fiance Ruth are sitting are there, and he kind of comes into the scene and he's just like, "Well, get out of here! You you you've had your stay. You know, you stayed here overnight, and we're not a hotel. And get out of here." And uh, and so he comes across like this such a big like such a jerk, you know. And at that point, Game Warden Oaks comes in, and then Oaks and and Harkness leave. You know, they're they're off to go find this this um. I almost said Loch Ness monster. They're off to find this uh, saber-toothed tiger, you know. And then they cut they cut to um, a scene where basically uh, Professor Groves is laboring away in his in his laboratory with like the test tubes and this, you know all that kind of stuff. It doesn't have the bzz, bzz electronic of the electrode stuff going on, but it does have like lots of glassware and test tubes. And um, you know Ruth comes in. And she's like, "Oh, I want the man who I fell in love with," and blah blah blah. And then, uh, you know, and he he rejects her and just says, you know, get out of here. I, I don't want. I never asked for anything. You, I can see it in your eyes. You're just like them and all this stuff. And he's just he's kind of turning into like the biggest dick in the world. And uh, so she leaves. Exit Ruth. So there's no more Ruth. So basically, we're down to the principles now. You know, crazy doc, uh, crazy um, Professor Groves, Oaks, the game warden, and the and Doctor Harkness, who has come in, the zoological specialist. So. Game Warden Oaks and the zoological guy, you know, they're going out to see this supposed, um, you know, some an animal that's been extinct for a million years. So what would you do, right? You, I mean, of course you'd go kill it. You'd take your guns and you go shoot it. You wouldn't, like, trap it or try to, you know, see w- where it came from. Nah, you... Oh, 50s. Why are you so crazy? So they 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 get into this, like... The smallest station wagon I've ever seen from the 50s. It's almost like it's a Mini Cooper, but not. And and the, and the, the, the freaking doc or the uh, Hark, Doctor Harkness is wearing like the most ridiculous freaking um, hunting outfit I've ever seen. It was like the shoulder and arms were tweed, but the rest was like suede or something. But it's not like patch jacket or anything like that. It's just straight up weird. It's really kooky. So. They go, and they and there's like a, a dead deer there, and then the saber-toothed tiger comes out, and the saber-toothed tiger is basically clips of a tiger running around, with the occasional shot of like a face where they took a tiger and glued, you know, glued um, tusks on it. So it's just basically a tiger running around, and of course they successfully, you know, hunt down and murder this this one-of-a-kind million-year-old specimen, and they go back to get um, Groves to to go with them to verify the kill. <laughs> I don't understand this part of it, but whatever. And he goes. The three of them go. And and when they get there, the the, the saber tooth tiger's gone. And and then of course Groves goes into another like tirade. I was gonna tape that one too, but I. It's almost like most of this movie could be taped, and if you listen to it, you're like, oh my god, this is like, did an insane person write this? You know, because he, he just, this guy just keeps going off, he just goes off on everyone on these, like, tangents, and he uses very strange and confusing wording, and it's it's kind of, it's humorous, but it's like, what the hell are you even saying, man, you know? So, okay, long story short, they, 
they, they, you know, they leave. They, you know, they're all dejected. And the doctor is sick of this crap, or the professor growth. So he finally he, eject, he injects himself. He's the one that's been making these animals. He's been injecting cats, and they've been becoming saber-toothed tigers. And they escape, and then people see them and shoot them. That's what apparently what you do in the 50s. If you see something, you can legally shoot it. So yay for that. Um, apparently, I was born in the wrong generation. So the um, so he injects himself, and of course he becomes the Neanderthal man. I like how I clarified in the beginning. I said Neanderthal, and now I've been saying Neanderthal. Okay, sorry everyone. So basically, he is the Neanderthal man. So he's off, um, knocking down you know, brushes and shrubs and stuff, and and trying to exact revenge on the people that laughed at him as a crazy Neanderthal. And Jan, the daughter and the um Dr. Harkness go into his laboratory and they start snooping around. Well, it's just Dr. Harkness at first, then Jan joins him after a while. And he's seeing all these he finds a photographs. Apparently the um you know, the professor had had done it to the maid and they there was pictures of the maid transforming into a Neanderthal woman, but it didn't work. So then they find his his uh his diary. You know, and that's kind. Of, and then they start reading excerpts about his experiments. And w- what they discover is basically, oh, okay. You know, his experiments me- show that when you um, his serum, you know, takes takes uh, an like, like a cat or a, a man. We we remember everything that's ever happened. So we re- we resort to a like a our earliest beginnings because we we remember all that. Which is, like, when you first hear it, you go, what? What? Like, you, you, it kind of hurts your head a little bit. But whatever. It, you know, it's a movie. So, um, so basically, you know, he he's running around in the, in the high Sierras as the, a Neanderthal. And um, at one point, um, enter the, uh, uh, the very buxom... Beverly Garland, who is there with her boyfriend, and they start taking nature shots, and of course she's wearing a skimpy, uh, not lingerie, but, you know, one of those 50s one-piece um, bathing suits, and she's, like, showing um, all of her assets, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and of course the Neanderthal jumps out of the out of the bushes and kills them, so, you know, now, now he's a killer, and you know what happens in the 50s when someone gets killed? Well, you round up a whole bunch of people with guns and you form a posse. Not just anyone. No. I mean, like, the sheriff forms a posse. He's like, let's go, you know, find that crazy lunatic who killed that uh, buxom waitress and her beau. And there they go. And they're off, like, hunt, trying to hunt down and kill this guy. And in the meantime, Jan and Dr. Harding are, uh, are, are you know, they're... Or Harkness, sorry, Doctor Harkness and Jan are trying to trying to get to the professor first, so they don't kill him. They're like, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, they read his book, so they know he's not trying to be a jerk. He's just as a jerk. So, and they they you know they corner the um, the posse corners the corners the the professor in a cave, and and he has Ruth with him, and and then finally they shoot him. You know, and he he. Gets, you know, he, 
they shoot him and then the whole end scene I was going to tape that too but I'm like eh this goes on too a little bit too long he's sitting there in the bed you know with bullet holes in him and he's still alive and he's like typical spirit gun wolfman looking thing you know not he's still wearing like a dress shirt and pants and stuff so it's it's pretty hard to take it seriously I mean he he does look like wolfman meets uh, accountant? I don't know. He, so he's laying there and he's breathing heavy and blood coming out of everywhere. As much blood as you can show in the 50s. And, um, you know, and they're saying, and the guy, and of course, you know, Biff Squarejaw, who's, you know, Dr. Harkness, breaks into his speech about, you shouldn't judge him too harshly. He was trying to push science forward and blah, 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 blah. And die. End scene. So that was the movie, you know. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about. Uh, it was pretty hard for me to get through this one, you know. Luckily for you guys, and luckily for me, my uh, my connection back home, Mr. Val, has sent me a whole fresh batch. I, I made a request of lots of 80s sci-fi. So I'm going to break into a little bit. Uh, I want to get to somewhere else, you know, some, some newer stuff. So he sent me um, Galaxy of Terror, Invisible Invaders, Battle Beyond the Stars, and I think one other one. I can't see it. Um, oh, Star Crash. So we're going to be moving onward and upward in the very near future. Um, you know, this one, I, I enjoyed it, but it really was, it, it didn't really have enough to kind of keep you interested like when you're watching it you're like uh, i don't know you know what, what the hell's going on here you, it's, it's almost like robot monster where there's a lot of scenes of people walking in the hills from far away and you're like i don't know man i don't i don't get this so i'm gonna say you probably i wouldn't even recommend watching this one to be honest it's it's not that i you could spend your time watching one of the like one of the old uh, creature features, one of the original like like the original Wolfman or something like that, and you'd have a much better time. I I I was interested in seeing like you know of course the the fashion which I alluded to, which being I I don't even know if that was actually a suit. Maybe it was a leftover thing from Rocky Jones. I don't know. And then there was like and that little station wagon was very intriguing. I don't know what the hell it was. The more I watch these old movies, the more I realize, um, you know, I grew up admiring cars of the of the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, I like old hot rods. I like old cars. There's a lot of cars that came and went, and they're just a blip, and no one even remembers them. They're not in any car show. They're not anything. And and this was a prime example. That little station wagon, which by that those standards back then, that was probably like, they considered that like a bicycle. I don't even know. You know, cars were gigantic back in the 50s. So this one, it, I swear, it looked like a Mini Cooper by their standards, you know. In, in reality, I mean, if I saw it in real life, it would probably be the size of five of our cars, or, you know, but our, like five of our cars, but, um, but compared to the 50s cars, it looked really small and very odd, and I, I've never seen it before. Um, the other thing that really kind of killed this movie for me, they have this sound effect. 
And every time they were in that damn lab, they played this sound effect. There was a cat in the background of this lab. And the cat was in a cage because that was the saber-toothed tiger. You know, the cat. There was more than one, but they always showed just one cat. They took it upon themselves, whenever they mentioned the word serum, or showed the serum, or showed a, a, a needle, or talked about a needle, or anything like that, they looped this sound effect of this screeching goddamn cat. And this screeching cat isn't just like a hiss or a meow. It's like they were dipping a cat in an electrode bath or something, like they were torturing it. They weren't. But I don't know how they got this sound, and I don't know why they felt the need to use it, like, a lot. So I'm going to be looping that over the end of this podcast, so you can enjoy the pain and agony I've gone through. Because, let me tell you, once you hear that more than once, you're like, oh my god, why won't this stop? This screeching, howling, horrible, horrible cat. So, I know this this movie gets a 4 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm going to give it... Don't bother watching it out of my, you should use it. Generally, movies get a love it, buy it, um, pretty good, Netflix it, eh, watchable, Netflix it, or this has been the lowest one yet. I'm going to have to say, give this one a skip and, you know, spend your hour and 15 minutes elsewhere. Sorry, Neanderthal man. You killed me. I couldn't make it through the movie. I watched it like so many times trying to get the good parts and get the fun parts and everything. I just, it just, it hurt me. You know, this this one hurt me. That being said, I have already watched um, Galaxy of Terror uh, twice. And I'm going to be pulling sound effects and getting that to you very soon. Because I'm very happy to be doing that one. That one was a surprisingly good movie. It was, it's, it's, it's... It's chock full of stars, and it's got a uh, someone on the cast that you will not believe started there. So it's a very cool movie. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm probably going to end up doing that one this weekend because I'm so excited about it. I really loved it. And I think once I get into this, some of these 80s uh, movies that my friend Val sent, I'm certain these shows will be coming fast and furious, just like uh, I like them to be. So... That being said, I'm signing off. Uh, please make sure you follow along with my travel exploits at kimchiagogo.wordpress.com. If you haven't been to this site, uh, to the Slow Robot Agogo site, I am at that is slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com. And as always, please make sure you tune in to our long-running, critically acclaimed, wonderful supers podcast the bunch of dorks.com you can find bunch of dorks on itunes i think sooner or later you're going to be able to find slow robot a go-go on itunes and um, i leave you with the world's most annoying screeching cat i'll see you all next time thanks for listening mal out